Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we've got Season 3, Episode 26, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Mary, what happened this week? It's Senior Ditch Day, and the gang is going to Six Flags, except for Dylan, who is going to retake the SAT and needs to study. Brenda gets googly eyes when she hears the news and then does nothing else for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Even Steve is planning on ditching detention, even though he could get expelled if he gets caught. Brandon tells Nat he'll work the breakfast shift on Friday for 20 Burt Reynolds fans from Arizona and then go to Six Flags afterward. Nat gets sick and can't go to work, but it's okay because the 20 Burt Reynolds fans from Arizona didn't show up after all. Which is good, because Brandon's other co-workers were apparently carpooling and had car trouble, so they can't make it in either. And that's bad, because more than 20 Burt Reynolds fans from Arizona show up super late and hungry and mean. Thank goodness Dylan and Steve are there, because Ginger slash Tina slash Adrian slash Marla, the cute lady in charge of this tour, is a mess. First, she can't pay for everyone's breakfast, so she cries in the bathroom. Brandon compliments her on choosing such a classy bathroom to cry in, and then she thanks him by stealing his car. Brandon calls the cops. Dylan and Steve chase her down in Steve's car. Steve does some very scary and dangerous driving, but eventually gets Ginger, slash all those other names, to pull off. Then they go on this long-ass weird adventure to find Burt Reynolds for those needy fans. They play bacteria in a mouthwash commercial, try and fail to find Ginger's boss's office, Burt Reynolds' house, or afternoon detention on Steve's behalf if you're Dylan. But first, they all get arrested for stealing Brandon's car because no one thought to let him know they found it, which no excuse, Steve has a cell phone. Also, (laughs) Dylan and Steve didn't get along in this episode because Steve likes Kelly again, apparently. But leave it to Ginger slash Tina slash Adrian slash Marla to bring these two back together. It becomes increasingly clear that GTAM is a pathological liar and a con artist, but it's okay, I guess, because Burt Reynolds and his mustache go to the peach pit to sign some (laughs) autographs for his fans. And once GTAM's boss, who it turns out exists, shows up, GTAM escapes through the bathroom window, presumably having stolen another car. At Six Flags, Andrea is scared of roller coasters. Kelly loses her wallet and later finds it with all her stuff stolen. David doesn't understand friendship. Donna and Andrea compare roller coasters to sex. Donna uses self-defense to save her purse from a would-be thief who is the guy who happened to steal Kelly's stuff. Oh, Brenda does one other thing. She takes credit for all that stuff because she made Donna go to that self-defense class that one time. Andrea rides a roller coaster. (laughs) Along the way that ends, just Andrea rides a roller coaster. (laughs) This episode is bananas. Oh, man. I can't believe I forgot to mention Gil's hair. Sorry. Okay, Mr. Myers was the most useful thing to happen in this episode. Like, a lot of weird stuff happened in this episode, but Mr. Myers does nothing. Yeah. I feel like like he just shows up in this show to be like, I'm the cool teacher. I'm going to chaperone you. And then Andrea is like, I guess I'll go file the paperwork. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, what a chaperone. Two people get attacked by a burglar, one who didn't even know it, and then all their stuff's gone. And then the other, like, has to fend them off like a freaking, like, ninja. 
Well, and like, didn't they say something about how that kid wouldn't graduate with them? So like, he was on the trip. <laughs> Mr. Myers is the worst chaperone. I think he just wanted to go to Six Flags. Oh, he definitely wanted to go. He, that's like what he says. He's like, oh, Six Flags is amazing. I can't wait to go. Bye, children. He's like, why do you think I asked a chaperone? Free tickets. Oh, and then he like spends too much time being way too close to all the teenagers, and it just weirds me out. Yeah, he will never not be creepy in my eyes. I'm sorry, dude, who plays won't. Mr. Myers, but mm, just well, not that's, it. That's because one of the first episodes we saw of him, he was accused of assaulting a student. And then when he's like, I didn't do it, but one of my old students also did this. I'm just like, oh my God, that doesn't make it okay. Like, no. you, you clearly have a history with children. Like, don't work with children. Stop talking to teenage girls. Um, but anyway, so I had to look up who wrote this episode because it's insane. It is the most insane thing I've ever seen. It really he is. Has, he has not written an episode of 90210 before, but he basically writes all of season eight and nine. Oh, interesting. So imagine this. <laughs> Times 30. <laughs> For 60 episodes. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> no, he literally, he's credited on 70 episodes. And it's like one in season three, one in season four, like on and on and on, maybe like two in season five, and then eight and nine. It's basically everything. Okay, so what's his name? Ken Stringer. All right, so we got to remember Ken Stringer when we get to season four so we can try to like guess his episode and then realize Yeah. I'll try and keep an eye on it because yeah. I I know what all the all of them are at this point. Yeah, that's yeah. This I mean, so also I mean, speaking of the crew, like this is Jason Priestley's directorial debut, not just like on Nine Two One Zero, but in life. So can you imagine? He's like prepping for this episode. He gets this script, <laughs> and he's like, "All right." Looks like I need to make lemonade here. How do I do that? <laughs> like, seriously, I just looked it up again. This is the only show that Ken Stringer has ever written on. He's like, he's done other work. He's been an AD. He's been a production manager. He has never written on any other show, is, assuming I am reading IMDb right, and I'm pretty sure I am. I wonder if he was, like, close friends with, like, Charles and Chip and, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he was, like... A buddy, almost. Yeah, I mean, this is the season, or like the part of the season, I guess, where Chip Johansson is like the story Mm. writer or whatever you call it. So yeah, I wonder if like they brought him in. But seriously, like I think I was telling Mary this before I turned on the recording. (laughs) It was just like, what if the writers' room found out that this was going to be Jason Priestley's directorial (laughs) debut, and they were like, "Well, we need a filler episode." Who wants to go bananas? Yeah. It's and like, this guy was him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I swear, Stringer is just like, I got it. Just leave it to me. I mean, and for all intents and purposes, like, Jason Priestley did a good job. Like, I have nothing. There's only one scene where I was kind of like a little head scratcher moment. But, like, there's also, as equally as there was one episode that made me scratch my head there was another one that I absolutely loved so but for the rest of it I didn't really notice which I think if you're going to be a television director that's almost what you want you don't necessarily want to set yourself too far apart because then it 
no longer fits the narrative and it no longer fits the flow of the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they really threw him a curveball. No, I mean, truly, like, like you said, he made lemonade. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like, okay. I mean, it's definitely, you know, stuff they've done before where they basically split the boys and the girls up, except David goes with the girls. Yeah, David's always one of the girls. <laughs> yeah, this is like, uh, what was that one? Things to do on a rainy day, mm-hmm. except Andrea is also with the girls now. But it's like the boys get all, you know, wrapped up in some crazy shenanigans with a, a woman. And then the girls just go like, I don't know, ride roller coasters. Just have a day. <laughs> just have a day. <laughs> they have a ditch day. Mm-hmm. Which, did y'all have senior ditch day? No, if we ditched, we got in trouble. Like, we had it, but if you did it, you got in trouble. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the same with us. I don't think we had a ditch. No, we just had that senior breakfast, and then we all got to go do whatever we wanted after. Yeah, but that was like, oh, God, I remember that. Didn't we have to have church that day, too? I think we had to go to Mass, like, the night of our graduation. Catholic school. Yeah. Or no, it was probably the night before. Yeah, I think it was the night before our graduation. Yeah, so it was probably like, well, I know senior breakfast wasn't the same day as mass because um, <laughs> I did stuff that day. <laughs> that wasn't church. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, my senior breakfast, like, we had it, but – it was obviously early, but then my senior year, my first period was off campus. It was like at, long story short, my AP psychology class, it was com- like combined with the other schools in the county. So um, there wasn't like, every school didn't have an AP psychology class, so we just shared it. And we did it in like the old Fayette County High School. Like they still had that school there. And so- Did you either- have psychology in an abandoned high school? Uh huh. It was awesome. <laughs> what? It was actually pretty great. Like, cause first of all, the teacher was amazing, best teacher I ever had. But yeah, it was like also I had my driver's ed there, which was also terrifying because you're in an abandoned high school, learning how to like drive on a road with other people. How were you not haunted? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't sleep great today. Maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> no. All right, so you've had classes in an abandoned high school, and you used the lost numbers on a lottery ticket. Yep, not at all related. <laughs> no, but I feel like I should, like, throw I'm some gonna, holy I'm water gonna... on me or something. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep an eye on this. <laughs> what gonna... is happening in your life? I don't know. I mean, it was a good time, but my whole point to that was that <laughs> – I had senior breakfast and then had to like like it was at my high school and then I had to drive to the old Fayette County High School to go to class. So and then go back to Whitewater for the rest of the day. It was really annoying. That's all. <laughs> but yeah, ditch day wasn't really a thing. Cause if you did it, you got in trouble, which is not the point. Well, and to be fair, like this is barely a ditch day. This is like a senior field day. Oh man. Field day. Like that field takes day. me back. Anyway, senior ditch day. Yep. And like 95% of the senior class is going. Which I love that they're like, this is such a big deal, but it's like you're selling Six Flags tickets. Right. 
And you probably get a group discount. I love, I don't remember which scene it is. It might be when Andrea first like mentions that she's scared of roller coasters and has never been on one. When David literally like pushes past Donna to go get on a roller coaster with someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he gets on it with a uh, Miller. Sir Miller, yeah. I was like, you're not friends. But he's there and a boy. <laughs> God, David. And they like him a lot. I mean, we talked about this last episode, how they just really like the guy who plays Tony Miller. So they're like, come on back. We'll pay you a little bit. I also love that, like, we have just accepted now that David gets to do everything with the senior class. Oh, Like, yeah. somehow, in one semester, he has completed enough credits to become a senior. He's just Good thing he brain. took three maths. <laughs> yeah. Or three sciences or whatever it was. I mean, it might as well have been. Like, how, like, both? Yeah. But not everyone's going on ditch day because we mentioned it was like the girl, girls and guys split up. And so Dylan is not going um, to ditch day because he's going to take the SATs again. And Steve won't uh, – St- Mrs. Teasley won't let Steve go to d- ditch day because of his detention. So he's not going. Um, and – this was when the episode got a little bit weird because there was just this weird banter between Dylan and Steve, basically about like Steve making fun of Dylan for the whole SAT issue we had earlier. And then Dylan making fun of Steve for having detention. Like we had literally never heard that before. No, it was so unreal. Like we don't see them together a lot, but it was weird to me that they were so openly hostile with each other. And like, it feels like, Steve would know that Dylan didn't actually cheat on his SATs and that he was just accused of cheating because Mm -hmm. he makes that comment about, like, if you write your name on it, you get 200 honest points. Right. And then Dylan makes the comment – first of all, Dylan makes the comment, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And I was just like, Dylan, every time you do something, you just run away. (laughs) Like. You cannot speak. When you got accused of cheating on the SATs, you dropped out of high school. Yep. And, like, but also, Steve, you broke into the school computer. Like, you don't get to go to senior ditch. He's like, they put all my grades back. Yeah, it's just not the point. And it was just weird. And then they try to frame it up like Steve's still into Kelly. And so he, like, Steve can't at all imagine why she's with Dylan because he's a delinquent detention. And he like what does she see in him and like all this garbage it's like where did this come from well it's the thing it's it's a backslide because i don't remember exactly the episode but steve does get over kelly mm-hmm. and like also celeste yeah she just doesn't exist in this episode they even make a comment later they're like everyone has a girl but him i'm like no <laughs> everyone has a girl but brandon <laughs> yeah that's how you can tell Jason Priestley wrote this episode. There you go. He was like, we're going to rewrite this line. <laughs> Brandon's dateless by choice. <laughs> uh, that was classic Brandon, though. That was that was very on Brandon. Well, and really, like, the next scene, because, yeah, so, like, Dylan and Steve had that whole back and forth. Brenda stands up for Dylan basically by, yeah, being like, oh, my God, you're taking the SATs again? He mm-hmm. didn't cheat, Steve. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, like, she just disappears for a while. Pretty much, yeah. And Steve – I did like when Steve is 
like talking to everyone is like, didn't you guys get voted like the moodiest couple? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, where's the lie? But it's also a little insensitive since Dylan's dad just died and Kelly is dealing with an eating disorder. Yeah, timing wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, like if this had happened before those things and mm-hmm. he was just like, what are you, the moodiest couple? I would have been like, burn, Steve. Go yeah, you. Like, like just rearrange the episodes a little bit and then mm-hmm. you're good. But now it's just like, why are you so bummed? Because your dad died? Like it's like Debbie Downer and SNL like yeah. also like I I find it so fascinating that I really think they were like shit we have five episodes left of senior year and Dylan still has to retake the SATs or he can't go to college which again <laughs> deadlines would have passed <laughs> I know like this is long gone and you can't like apply to a college and be like, well, I have SAT scores, but they accused me of cheating. But I'm going to take it again. So can you just hold off real quick just for me? Just like let me into the University of California and I'll get back to you. But I'm good for it. I'm totally good for it. (laughs) Yeah. Which, does Dylan still have his money? I think he does because his dad – had like the car explosion happened before his dad was able to make whatever deal he was supposed to for the FBI. Right. But then I thought like, yeah, cause the FBI, like my, <laughs> my assumption here is that everyone signed the paperwork to give the money to Dylan. Dylan may have given the money to his dad. We're not entirely sure if like that money passed hands, mm-hmm. but I would be willing to bet that because his dad died, that money would just go right back to him. He's next of kin. You would think so, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because he wasn't married to anybody. Yeah. So like, but that matters. It does matter. But yeah, so I mean, we have to assume that Dylan has money. Because also, like, he's still just hanging out. He's still yeah, just he's doing just whatever. Chilling. Yeah. Living in a house. Yeah. What, you know. I guess I'll take AP English for the last three weeks of school. And write a manuscript. <laughs> it's Seriously, they were just like, shit, we forgot. I think it's yeah. also, though, because, like, none of them do really any other activities outside of school. Like, I know we've talked about this a bunch, but, like, I did band and sports. Like, I never had time to just, like, write a manuscript or... Just chill. Like, I don't know. I did not know what chilling was in high school because I was so busy all the time. And I feel like nowadays, especially because extracurriculars matter so much when it comes to getting into school, like, people just don't have downtime anymore. So I wonder if they did that on purpose just so they could, like, weave in more stories and have more hijinks and all that. But, like, yeah, like, they don't really have, like, extracurriculars. None of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we hear about the things that they've done, like, you know, when Brenda does volunteer work or, like, we just accept that Andrea is always busy doing something with somebody. True. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, something – one of the podcasts described Steve as a jock, and I swear they just realized, like, putting these people in sports would take up so much time. And we'd, would. like, have to hire extras and we'd have to do sports things and – Teenage girls don't care about a basketball story unless it's, like, racism in the form of basketball. Or, like, 
a basketball player gets with a cheerleader or something like that. Yeah. Like it's got to be something else and the person just happens to play basketball. Right, right, right. Although (laughs) One Tree Hill is entirely about basketball and girls flocked. (laughs) (laughs) It came in droves. Granted, it was also about music and love and emotions and drama. Well, and to be fair, 90210 has, like, seven other cast members. Yeah, that's true. It's a big cast. So, like, a cast. I think it probably would have been fine, but, you know, they always talk about, like, no one had done this before us. So maybe mm-hmm. they were really just, like, we literally can't risk anything on yeah. basketball. That's a fair point. It, it just can't happen. Because, yeah, the only other person that has an extracurricular is Brandon because he mm-hmm. has a job. Yep. Which this was the scene – that really told me like Jason Priestley directed this episode because he's working at the peach pit and like being a voice of reason. And Steve is just like, can you believe Dylan? Mm -hmm. And just like total unearned anger out of nowhere. And, and Brandon can kind of be like the towel over the shoulder, like be your advice guy, you know, that sort of thing. And you also notice like, as we go along, Jason Priestley really isn't in a lot of this episode, obviously because of directing. And I recently learned um, at least for an hour long show today, this could have been totally different 30 years ago, but you basically have like a week of prep, then you shoot for like however long you shoot and then another week of post. But before all that, you have to do all this prep work. So if your episode's coming up, you may not do a lot in like two or three episodes because you're having to prep on one of the weeks and then you know, actually have to film it and and do everything. And then you have to do post. So depending on the filming schedule, like you're actually pretty busy for a couple of episodes. Um, Especially if you have to shadow someone. Like I imagine Jason Priestley shadowed somebody beforehand. I know that's the process now, but I don't know about back then. That's probably pretty fair. And especially if this is his, you know, debut Mm -hmm. directing. Because, yeah, I guess in the last episode, he didn't do too much. He mostly just sat. Like, if he was in a scene, he was, like, supporting Steve at the basketball game or, like, Brenda came to his room to talk to him about something. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the scene where Steve is, like, all angry about Dylan and Brandon's just like, oh, I get it. It's Kelly. It's like, we we did this. We're over this. He's with Celeste. And Dylan, like we've talked about, like Dylan and Kelly have been together like almost a year at this point, technically, like at least since January officially, but like, but this is old news. Well, and we get confirmation that the gang knows about this in this Mm -hmm. episode and how everything went down because Steve makes a comment to Dylan of like, oh, like how you went behind Brenda's back. Right. Which I cannot believe it took this long for anybody to say it. That's true. That's true. It's a good point. And really, like, I'm glad Steve said it, but it really needed to have been so many other people. (laughs) Yeah. Brandon? David? Because he knew? Well, and, like, it's Brandon's sister. Yeah. Yeah, like, Brandon and Kelly are just, like, chill. Like, (laughs) yeah. He's just like, I'm so glad you stole my sister's boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. I just I just want you to be happy. Fuck her. <laughs> She's going to Minnesota. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, can you imagine? And that's how, like, <laughs> that's find how- out that Brenda's applying to Minnesota. Like, oh yeah. my god, it could all snowball. I mean, that would be pretty good drama, right? They don't. Yeah, it takes until now, and then basically, like during the, that whole scene at the Peach Pit, um, this lady walks in, and we get gross Steve for just a little bit. Because he does the whole, like, look her up and down thing. And we get Steve and Brandon fighting over a woman again. For, like, a millisecond, but it's there. (laughs) Well, it's the thing. Like, it doesn't even have to be there that long because pretty quickly she's just like, well, you're not Nat. Yeah. Like, your name is Brandon. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. He's like, no, actually, I'm Nat. And she's like, no, you're Brandon. (laughs) It says it right on your shirt. Which, like... I got really excited at that point. I was like, okay, she's going to be competent. And then Nat comes over and she starts talking and I was like, oh, no. She's just like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. And he never calls anybody. And now I have to deal with this and I don't even know what to do. And Nat has to be like, honey, calm down and start over. I'm just like, I don't know what this trope is called. I don't know that it is a trope, but I hate it. I think we can coin it as the calm down. You need to calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I yeah, that's another thing I notice is like you hate <laughs> you basically hate any time a man tells a woman to calm down for any reason. <laughs> well, because like you yeah. know, in this case it's not necessarily emotions, like you know, you do kind of get the sense that she's spiraling, but like first of all, do not tell Supergirl that she can't get mad when she's being <laughs> treated. I hate it. We have one more episode until we are away from CBS, and I'm never looking back. I didn't say anything about Arrowverse. You brought it up. I'll just I just want to slide that in there. But you know, oh, I know. I'm well aware. No, and you don't have to defend it because you're right. Like because I think it's just gotten so bad because you're right. Like if somebody is clearly like talking too fast to where you can't understand them, clearly spiraling, being told to calm down isn't necessarily a bad thing. However, it's been so poorly used, like, all the time, where a guy can just say it, and it's like, no, look, I don't want to calm down. I don't have to calm down. I'm mad right now. It's basically just, like, shoving your feelings aside for a sec, just so you can be, quote-unquote, rational for a second. So, yeah, no need to defend it. I get it. It makes sense. And in this case, I still didn't love it. Even if it was, like, probably fine, still didn't love it. It. That's the thing. I think the problem that like it got to me which you know probably has nothing to do with this show it probably has to do with you know me looking at it through the lens that I have now Mm -hmm. is the idea that it was three white men being like ma'am calm down we'll handle your problem yeah I was like stop it and then yeah she tells him that she works for I don't know I didn't write it Jade something Powell Parnell Parnell. I didn't write the I think it was like J. Thomas Parnell or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds right. Yeah, but she works for this guy and he schedules like celebrity tours in LA and the Burt Reynolds fan club from Arizona is coming to the Peach Pit because Burt Reynolds really likes the Peach Pit. Which I did really like the part where he was like, you see that stool right there? That's Burt Reynolds' favorite stool. And Brandon was like, I thought that was some other guy's favorite stool. And he's like, the next one. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I did like that too. I liked that a lot. 
I also really loved that it was the Burt Reynolds fan club. It just made me think like, we're the Manchester United fan club from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. The Burt Reynolds fan club from Arizona <laughs> is coming to the beach pit. And like, I totally get Nat being like, you can't just like spring 20 people on me. Like, I'm not going to have enough staff in the morning for that. Because as soon as she said 20 people, I was like, I have worked a 20 top of, you know, old people. It's not fun. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, plus it's like breakfast time. So I also feel like that's a weird time for a tour, but I guess you have to have tours all day long. But yeah, um, Brandon offers to come in because he's good guy Brandon he does say the word staying so we haven't heard that in a while <laughs> oh I I wrote staying and then I said and then Steve says vet yeah because why not because why not um yeah so they both say their shortened nicknames for their cars and then Brandon will go to ditch day um and then immediately which is not foreshadowing at all Nat has a cough I <laughs> love they're just like everything's perfect you good Nat yeah I'm good I swear like especially in you know these times Mm -hmm. he coughed and I was just like everyone needs to leave the peach pit right now quarantine immediately Nat do not sneeze in your hand do it in your inner elbow (laughs) yeah and like really it comes on almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have a couple scenes of the gang at school talking about going to Magic Mountain, which I do want to talk about. But, like, the next time we see Brandon, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And Nat calls. And I love that Cindy picks up the phone and has to bring it to Brandon and is like, I'm rethinking getting you in your own line. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks before school is over. <laughs> right. He is like four months from college, and she's like, you know, we need a line for Brandon. Not for Brenda. Just for Brandon. Just in this room only. And I related to him so much when he's like, hello, did I oversleep? Oh, I know. I know. I I thought he did oversleep. Like, I thought, yeah, thought that's where they were going with that. But no, Nat is sick, very dramatically sick, Um, also wearing a button down. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he was in bed just wearing a collared shirt. Like Those are his like, formal jammies. <laughs> yeah. Literally felt like a different person because we've literally never seen that not in his peach pit outfit. <laughs> and um, But yeah, he's very sick. Brandon's like, no, nah, it's good. I'll call two other employees that I already forgot their names to come in. Um, that's that. <laughs> well, yeah, because we got another roller coaster of an episode because we switched back and forth between plots pretty fast well and you kind of have to talk about them in order at least for the first half because the scene right before this is when steve is at school and he like grabs a ticket for senior ditch day and he like accosts kelly about to get on the bus and yeah it makes it really weird if he's just like why don't you you know Getting my vet will listen to a CD, which I assume CDs were like really big in 1993. So he was like they showing off. Because like my first CD was in 98, I think. My first CD was the Lion King soundtrack. Mine so, was Backstreet Boys, their first album. Oh, you missed the whole conversation. I just 
well, lecture I just gave Mary about the Backstreet Boys <laughs> and NSYNC. Oh, well, I'm here for it, so. It's it's literally a different podcast. I listened to a podcast earlier today and then basically recapped it to Mary. Nice. Um, But yeah, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you can get in my vet. You used to love being in the vet with me and listening to tunes or whatever he says. And Kelly's mm-hmm. just like, I'm really not interested in any of this. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, go back to detention, Steve. <laughs> Which, yeah, she was so normal about it. And Steve is just being weird. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really didn't like it because it's literally a backslide. Like, I had no reason to think that Steve would be acting like this. Yeah, I agree. It's just weird. It's a weird backslide, like you said. It doesn't make sense. It's so after the fact because I thought we were done with this. Um, yeah, I mean, he yeah. literally said to Kelly, like, episodes ago, I'm over you. Mm-hmm. And now he's mm-hmm. just like. Mm, I'm dating someone else and so are you. I'm not over you. Yeah, it's so weird. And it's, he it's not even really that explainable by something else. Like it's not like he was really getting nostalgic for anything. He's not he's not missing anything but like he's missing senior ditch day, but he'd already planned to skip it anyway. Mhm. And like yeah, Kelly and Dylan have been together for a while, and it's not like they've, like, really gotten closer in the last few episodes. Like, Mm-mm. we had a hiccup, but it's not like they weren't already very close. I mean, we even if, – if ever Steve was going to backslide, it should have been a few episodes ago when Kelly was like, you're the only person that I can trust. Mm-hmm. But he, like, was, like, eyes glazed over, like, I'm not really listening to you right now, like – well, you would and it have thought was, he would have just like perked up at that if he was truly not over her. Yeah, and it it felt very friend at that point. Mm-hmm. And then literally that same episode is when he met Celeste, and we're supposed to be under the impression they've been talking. Yep. So yeah. you know, okay. I yeah, I don't know. But then we go back to the peach pit, and this is you know when Brandon is like, oh well, the fan club never showed up my other two co-workers like I just have to wait for them to relieve me but then they get into a car accident so they're going to be late and Dylan is at the peach pit studying but I thought you had to be in like mandatory study hall at school if you weren't at ditch day so like that only not at all made any sense <laughs> yeah it <laughs> doesn't apply to Dylan I guess uh, nothing applies to Dylan true but then, yeah, Steve shows up, makes some, like, you know, throwaway comment of there was a sub in detention. So, like, he didn't even know who I was. I could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. And also foreshadowing. Yeah. And then, like, he just walks away and Dylan is just like, I have had it with that guy. I'm like, what is happening? I didn't even write down what they said because I just – I didn't care. It's like, this makes no sense. Basically, Dylan is upset that Steve likes the schmooze people, I guess. Yeah. I At some point in the episode, he says, like, yeah, you know, he's always playing some angle. And then, of course, Brandon's like, well, you know, he's jealous of you and Kelly. It's like, Brandon, this is not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brandon, what the fuck? Steve is your friend. I know. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? You were just like, oh, I see this wedge. Drive a nail through it. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, stop. It's just so weird. And yeah, like Dylan is talking all this bullshit about Steve. And then the fan club finally shows up and um, whatever her name is at this point is 
yeah, hold on, Mary, what was the uh, acronym you had? Oh, G-T-A-M God. or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, G-T-A-M. Yeah. Yeah, so she's Ginger right now. Okay, yeah. Um, so Ginger shows up and, like, the bus was late. Everything was going wrong so far. She looks totally frazzled. And Brandon's just like, well, fuck, I'm alone. And then Steve's like, you're not alone. I worked here once. And Dylan is, like, already behind the counter. <laughs> he just, like, shows up in the, in the frame like as Dylan or as Brandon and Steve were talking and Steve was like, I'll help. Dylan's just like like washing his hands or something. He's got like a towel. He's like, I'll fire up the grill. <laughs> My favorite part is later in this episode when they're like finally, you know, getting through the rush and he's like, Yeah, man, here are all the receipts. They're all tallied up. And I was like, Dylan, you have never used a cash register. <laughs> yeah. You don't know how to work in a restaurant. He's a quick study, I tell you. And then, like, he handed him, like, 12 different pieces of paper and was like, it's one bill. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Maybe they had other customers. I don't know. But, I mean, like, thank God it was one bill. Could you imagine if they had to try and split that 20 ways? That'd be insane. But, yeah, that's that's that. Because then we go back to Magic Mountain and they're just getting off the bus. And Donna's excitement is honestly everything. She gets off the bus so hype. She's like, Yes! <laughs> I think she literally does that. (laughs) Um, And Brenda and Kelly are, like, being, like, friends again. They're, like, together. So who knows if they're still going to be friends. But at least for now, they're, like, kind of having fun. Um, I mean, just to touch on that real quick, like, it feels like they were just kind of like, oh, they're friends again. But, like, I can totally imagine being so mad at your friend and, like, not really knowing where you guys stand because it's, like, well, I didn't really want to date him anymore, but I think part of that was because he was already dating you behind my back, and, like, how could you do that to me? But, like, I still want to be your friend. But then going to her birthday party and finding her unconscious in a bathroom, like, I mean, that would just, like, flip the switch, right? Like, oh, She totally. says it in that episode of, like, you can't do that to me. My best yeah. friend doesn't do that. Right, exactly. And, yeah, to your point, it's, like, maybe that was just the – um I don't know like the linchpin is that the right word the feels like the right word I'm basically just trying to say that was the thing that allowed them to be close again like they didn't have to wade through this awkward tension anymore it was almost like they just needed something to kind of like hit them in the face a little bit and I mean mm-hmm. unfortunately it had to come through a pretty serious thing but now they're just like okay kind of like let's just level the playing field and let's just be friends start Even over just for now you know mm-hmm. let's Let's just have fun. Yeah. And that's like literally, like you said, that's exactly what they want to do. Like Donna is like sprinting off the bus like, let's do this. And then everyone (laughs) else is like, okay, well, let's go to this ride and we can get to that ride. There's no line over there. And then Andrea is just like, I have this bag of paperwork that I have to file with the administration office of Six Flags. AKA, I'm scared of all rides, but I also can hide behind my responsibilities. Also, why does she have those responsibilities? I love that Mr. Myers is just like, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So useless. He is the worst chaperone. Like, truly, Andrea is the chaperone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's well known to be. Yeah. Well, and then while they're walking in, like, apparently one of their classmates bumps into them, and it's just like, my bad, and -hmm. then, you know, picks Kelly's pocket somehow, Mm -hmm. which – I guess people are really good pickpockets because 
like not that I think he would have like actually done it in the scene, but I, was just, I don't see how you could really pull it off. True. And then we go back to the peach pit. Like, <laughs> like, this episode was just so back and forth, but um, basically Steve is like schmoozing people. Ginger's crying in the men's room because apparently the boss is like skeevy, I guess, and they never set up the right screening for the Burt Reynolds movies. And now she can't even pay the bill because Mr. Parnell was supposed to handle all that. But don't worry, White Knight Brandon is back. I think my favorite part is like, and I, I maybe it's I think it's Jason Price's directing is like how seamlessly they pass through the three boys mm-hmm. of like Steve is standing there being like, well, you know, mm-hmm. my mom met Burt Reynolds once. And then like Dylan walks past and is just like, but we're trying to get people out of the restaurant and then like slides over to Brandon being like, I did all these things so that everyone can get out of the restaurant. I can get back to studying and you can get on with your day. Right. And then like Brandon tries to go be Nat Jr. He does, and he finds Ginger. That's who she is at the time, and she's in the men's room, and just everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and Brandon's got to save the day, and I think this is when he said, my quote of the week, and the reason it's a quote of the week is because he said it. Had anybody (laughs) else said it, never would have been it. He says, in my experience... You can never go wrong with telling the truth. <laughs> okay, Brandon. <laughs> well, and like that gets repeated, not like in exact words, but everyone is just like, Ginger, just go tell them. Yeah. I'm like, none of you have ever told the truth. Right. <laughs> and then she tells the truth and it all backfires. I think so. I just gave Jason Priestley props for his like directing, assuming it's him. But the scene where he's like in the bathroom with her and they like I think it's when he says those words he's like they're looking at the mirror and she's talking and then she stops talking the camera pans over to reel them and then she picks back up talking mm. I was like this is a really long pause that doesn't feel natural mm. yeah like I don't know I just I also don't think that that actress was that great I'm really sorry she apparently was in Ginger. Dallas I think which is another soap opera? Uh-huh. So maybe that one was a little bit more over the top. I could see that. Be. Yeah. Because yeah, I could I... see her style being very dramatic, very like lay it on thick kind of situation. Because she did I... she did have that kind of flair. But My name's really Tina. I'm from Oshkosh. <laughs> I did something bad. Well, it was kind of minor. Oh, wait. Did I say it was minor? I meant major. I just wanted you to hear it from me. <laughs> yeah. And never told us what it was. I just love that the second time she has to tell that story, she's like, my name's really Adrian from Salt Lake. It's a long story. Can we just go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's an enigma. <laughs> she can't even get through the story. She's the worst con artist in the world. She really is. Because, yeah, like, we find out later that she has 5000 or $2,500 in her pocket. So, like, why not just bail now? Oh, it was 5000 that, well, so the, yeah, the guy said he gave her five thousand. Okay, yeah, she told Steve she had twenty five hundred, yeah. which makes sense that she would lie about that. But yeah, like at this point, why not bail? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, and then yeah, she goes out, tells the truth. Everyone yells at her, <laughs> and Steve tries to save the day of like, well, you're not going to meet Burt Reynolds, but how do you feel about Samantha Sanders? 
And they're like, who? <laughs> that woman who was just like, I don't care about some washed up TV star from da 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 Like, seriously, she was going to get stabbed. Yeah, that was so rude. And like Steve was about to go all like baby bear protecting mama bear on her because that's what if nobody talks about Steve's mama. Nobody. I mean, that's, that's literally, yeah, he was just like, I ought to stab your eye out for saying anything about my mother. Like, And Brynn's like, no, 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 <laughs> Steve. Not on our property. We don't have that kind of insurance. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then back to Magic Mountain. Back to Magic Mountain. Andre is done. <laughs> yeah, this is when we found out that Andre has never been on a roller coaster, which I think is when uh, David just like pushes past everyone because he's like, well, I like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And I do like that the girls are like, well, at least one of us is going to hang out with you. Like, right. you don't have to be here by yourself. Yeah, we love a supportive pack of gals. It's love a supportive friend group. You love to see it. And yeah, I mean, and what was good too is like, Andrea didn't really have to say she was scared, but Donna was the first one to pick it up. And then the rest of them was like, well, yeah, of course we're going to sit with you. Of course we're going to get some food. I'm hungry. Like, that's great. Oh, because this was the time where her excuse was, I'm going to go look at the kitty rides. Yes. The manager of Six Flags. Yeah. The manager of Six Flags is going to show me the kitty rides. Man, Andrea is such a Karen. She is so funny. But like in a good way. Because she's going to go find the manager. She's like, excuse me, I would like to speak to your manager. This is an excellent park. <laughs> I would love to bring children here. Can I do a case study on you for just your overall cleanliness, friendliness, <laughs> and wonderful environment? I would love to feature you on page four of our final edition of The Blaze. This will leave my legacy and benefit you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, though. She would Andrea. do it. And I... I think that's why everyone is just like no we're gonna hang out with you like mm-hmm. we're all friends you're a great person we're great people let's go get some french fries yep i do now that i think about it basically every time they went back to magic mountain and like she was not going on a ride with someone someone was eating like they all got food together when she and uh donna are walking talking about sex she's eating popcorn when Donna gets almost mugged, she's like, oh, I'm going to go get a soda. Lots of food. With all this drama we've had with eating, I'm just glad it was a consistent theme. That they were you're all just, eating. You're just glad that someone like had a bag of popcorn and you're just like, I'm so proud of you. Yes. Yes, you're doing great, sweetie. We're not <laughs> eating our feelings in ice cream. We're yes. not not eating our feelings. We're not shoving down potato salad and then throwing it in the drain. That doesn't even sound real pleasant. Like, I like potato salad as much as the next person who has it twice a year. But, (laughs) like, eating a ton of potato salad really fast Mm -mm. does not sound good. Nope. But it doesn't matter. Don't we go back to the beach bed again? (laughs) Yes, we do. Because this is when Dylan and Steve, like, walk out to the back of the peach pit so that they could yell at each other. But first, they circle each other. This is my this was my bad scene on Jason Priestley's part. They had literally Luke Perry walk out, take the long way around to his mark, and then Steve do the same thing to hit their mark and then yell at each other. I'm like, what what is this? What what is this? Just walk straight to your mark. And I just love 
this argument because like I the only thing I wrote down in it was that Steve called Dylan out for dating Kelly behind Brenda's back because I was mm-hmm. like, see, this is this is the Steve I expect that right. he's gonna like stand up for his friends, but like. I, I don't agree with how it all came about. But then Ginger is just like lurking in the back, gets into the Mustang and leaves. And Brandon comes out and is like, what's up? And they're like, oh, she just borrowed your car. And he's like, no, you idiots. She <laughs> stole my car. <laughs> Which, does Brandon just leave his keys in the car? I get, like, yeah, it would make sense that they'd be like, in a pocket or something in his apron. Or but back in the back in like a locker. Did she ever like bump into him or anything? Maybe in the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I was just thinking she stole his keys while they were talking yeah. somehow. Well, that's what I was thinking because then, you know, that's kind of like a theme, like a little bit of a theme because they go to chase after her while Brandon calls the cops and Steve goes to get in his Corvette and he keeps just being like, Dillard, get in the car. He's like, no, I'm going to drive my own car. Dillard, get in the car. <laughs> it's like, my car's faster. It's like, no, it's not. My car's faster. Just get in. Well, and then Dylan can't find his keys. Oh, yeah. He's like, my keys. <laughs> so like at the end of the episode. One can assume. <laughs> but – yeah, so he can't find his keys, so he ends up getting into the Corvette, and I love that Jason Priestley got to do a car chase in his well, episode. And be- right before that, he gets to remind us what Steve's license plate is. <laughs> that I ate a Ferrari. <laughs> I just, like, as soon as they started, like, play doing this, and also, I swear to God, you could absolutely tell that they ADR'd their lines and like did voiceover after because mm-hmm. Dylan's face is blank and he's like, What are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, like, they didn't do a great job matching it up, but it's it was fine. Just, it was just really funny to me. But like really, I was like, I bet Jason Priestley was just like tickled to get to do a car chase scene. Well, and from what we know about him, he loves stuff like that. Like, he loves motorcycles. He loves race cars. Like, he loves that kind of stuff. So he was probably like, I have an idea. A car chase. (laughs) They're probably like, sure, why not? (laughs) I mean, really, they, like, blew budget on this episode. Mm -hmm. They actually went to Magic Mountain to, you know, film people there. They, They put effort. They went on field trips. Like they got a bunch of extras and day players, like yeah, yeah. they went all out for this episode for Jason. So mm-hmm. like I bet when he was like car chase, they were like, We love it. Or do you think they gave it to him? They were like, All right, Jason, here's your script. You might want to check uh page twenty. <laughs> yeah. I just wanna know and we'll get there, but I wanna know who gave him the bacteria scene. I wanna <laughs> know whose idea was this. It was the best scene I've ever seen in my life. But before we even get there, we have to go back to Magic Mountain. Yeah, because this is where they go to get something to eat. And I guess, like, they all paid together and, like, Donna paid. So Kelly's, oh, how much do I owe you? And goes to find her wallet. It's not there. And they did find it at the Lost and Found, but it's empty because, obviously – and yeah, so we're like, what the heck? Who is this thief? Where's my money? She's like, I keep everything in there. My credit cards, my money. I'm like, those are the same thing. 
I did love it. Like, yeah, it wasn't like picture of my grandmother that died when I was five. It was just like, I keep my money in there and my money. (laughs) Not even, oh, this person has my license, which has my address on it, but my money. Yeah, that's a good point. Brenda has been mugged. And like, Mm -hmm. that was her concern. And Kelly's just sitting here like, my Amex. My mother gave this to me yesterday because I burned out the other one. Uh, that might be season one, Kelly. That's not current, Kelly. That's true. They have that's to sell true. the house now. Right, right, right. But yeah, I mean, that's really it. Like, Kelly is just like, my wallet got stolen. My money's gone. I can't believe I came to Senior Ditch Day. Mm-hmm. Which I totally get it. But I don't know if it's here or a little bit later, but she's just like, well, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. I'm going to go get on a roller coaster. Yeah, it was a little bit later. I mean, literally, like, like the next time we one, see them. Yeah, because we have one other scene, and then it's that because basically after Stephen Dillon apprehended Ginger, um, they decide to go confront. Well, she uses the under the guise of like, "No, I was gonna go to try to find Parnell because yeah, I'm gonna get the money and I was gonna fix everything." And then he like, she takes them to his office and it's like a junkyard or something i think my favorite part was steve being like now dylan let's give her a benefit of the doubt and then it's just gonna let her drive brandon's car yeah steve this is why you failed everything these boys not so smart and yeah dylan just like looks at him and is like i'm driving the mustang (laughs) yeah and then yeah they show up at this other place and she's like so upset I'm probably butchering the order of this, but whatever. Um, But this, like, the next thing we see with them is that she was so upset about Burt Reynolds. And Dylan is just like, well, Steve said he knew Burt Reynolds. Steve should just fix this. And I just, I think what I loved about it was that Dylan thought he was being an ass. And Steve was just like, yeah, I do know Burt Reynolds. Thank you. He was not going to back down. I guess, like, the one thing about... GTAM is that she knows how to play people like she knew that it was important for Steve to feel like he could deliver Burt Reynolds to the group or like show that he's got connections or whatever and then she also knew it was important for Dylan to like be like intellectually superior so she like let him save her and let him be right about stuff and be like that kind of moral compass or whatever like with the whole because she he was the first one that she revealed that she's someone else she's the t in the gtam or whatever yeah well because yeah i mean like she gets a whole adventure out of this this day works out fantastically for her until it almost doesn't and then it does in the end because yeah like she even tries to play steve of just like let's just go to vegas Mm -hmm. and then that backfires because steve is not what she thinks he was right i mean that's later because we go back to the roller coasters because this is where Donna is like, a roller coaster is an amazing experience where you go up and up and up until you're right at the edge. And then there's just an amazing feeling. I imagine it's what sex will feel like. She doesn't even say it. She has Andrea say it for her. She's like, I imagine it's like, well... You know. You know. <laughs> and Andre's like, sex? <laughs> you can't have it if you can't say it. 
I will say this was like one of the scenes where I was like, okay, I appreciate the um, what Jason Priestley did for directing it because he made it kind of like one continuous um, shot for a while when Donna was explaining things when they were like walking on that like boardwalky thing. And then when it was like time to be more serious, they did more close ups and stuff and like over the shoulder, which I appreciated. So that was like the like there, I think three total times where I noticed a big directorial thing and. The first one was a bad one. The second mm-hmm. was a pretty decent one. And when we get to the third one, it was my favorite. So, yeah. Well, and I I did, you know, the writing was kind of ridiculous for the whole scene. But I did really appreciate that, you know, we get this moment. You know, I love when they just, like, start bringing other friendships together. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen Andrea and Donna together, but not a lot. Right. We're actually seeing Andrea with a ton of people now that we're close to the end of the, sh- the uh, high school years. The show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What if we like finished graduation day and we were like, and then the show is over and nobody ever did anything ever again? We could. <laughs> <laughs> we could. I'm not gonna. Nah. But yeah, because she was like, yeah, I think I think that's what it'll feel like whenever I have it. And Andrea is just like, you mean you and David haven't? And she's like, well, we almost did twice. And then <laughs> Andrea is like. I almost did once with Brandon. And I was just like, what? We're bringing this back? The thing is, is Donna did not have the reaction I thought she would have. I thought she was going to be floored. I know. I feel like I had more reactions than anybody on the show. Like, yeah, I was there when this happened. I've known about this for like a year and a half. And I was just like, you're telling people this? (laughs) Ma'am. Yeah, but she didn't really react the way I thought she was going to. But all in all, it was a good scene. The only thing I didn't love was just like, they just have to remind us that Donna's a virgin and she's going to be a virgin every now and then, you know, like, cool. I mean, no, it's very much like, did you know Tori Spelling is Tori Spelling? Yeah. Like, why else did Tori Spelling win four awards last week? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Donna's an angel on earth if ever there was, but like, She's Tori Spelling. Yeah, yeah. Did you know she's Tori Spelling? Um, what, what, it was like t- t- uh, t- Tori Spelling, you said? <laughs> the spelling. You know, spelling sounds really familiar. Where mm. have I heard that name before? I feel like there's somebody in the business, perhaps, with that last name. Uh, probably no relation, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're thinking of Tori. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> spelling B. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of the actual act of spelling? That's what it is. You know, I'm thinking of that contest that happens every year where, like, you take, you know, people give you words and you have to, like, spell it. Spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. So, (laughs) then we get the best scene. We do. We ever uh, seen. So, I thought this was actually kind of funny, the the security guard. So basically, in a nutshell, the exposition here is that Steve tries to get onto the lot because they're, they hear that Burt Reynolds is going to be in this scene and he's going to be there. So this is Steve's big moment. But they're met with a security guard not letting people through. I thought it would have been hilarious if it would have been Burt Reynolds, but in a security <laughs> outfit. And he had the big mustache. So I was like, that could have been so funny. But it wasn't. And it was just some buckingham palace type guy who doesn't speak and 
So Steve's all depressed. He's like, oh, he can't get past security. And then the like first AD or whoever comes out and is like, we got any more extras out here? And Steve's like, extras, you say? Extra, extra. Read all about it right here. <laughs> and then they end up in those full body green suits with the balls. They're just yep. like arms all the way out. And I love that Dylan is like, man, what is this? What do you have me in? And then they're like, all right, bacteria, come this way. And he's like, like bacteria? <laughs> and Steve is just like so happy. He's just like, bacteria. He's like literally like waddling around, just having fun with it. And Dylan's like skin cap kind of like comes down like this. So you can't even really recognize that it's Dylan. <laughs> I love I was dying like they looked so goofy and they have like you know they're like you know thin men so they've got like the skinny little legs mm -hmm. when they're like in skin tight pants and I was just oh, like yeah. oh my god you guys and then they have to get into the weirdest looking giant mouth so that they can throw plaque on teeth they just like <laughs> mop it on there <laughs> and again like Steve is having the time of his life just like Plaque here, plaque over here, plaque over there. I'm just going to get plaque everywhere. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, let's uh, get ready for the mouthwash. <laughs> and they're like, mouthwash? <laughs> and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, literally, I was watching it. Um, I, you know, I had that on my little standing desk. I had it playing so I could, like, take notes next to it. And then the mouthwash started, and they're all, like, tumbling around, and I started dying. And then Dylan climbs up to the uvula to get above the mouthwash, and I walked away. <laughs> I took a lap around my room. It was so ridiculous. And so this is why I want to know whose idea this was. I loved it so. And then they they leave, and they're just like, and then the floss, and then... Like, the idea that Steve was the one that was like, that's the uvula. Like, they should have had Dylan do it because it could have been, like, an SAT thing. And he would have been studying for his SATs. But it's fine. I mean, it makes no sense that Steve knows anything. Though I guess he would know the uvula. Because I imagine, like, 14-year-old Steve was like, how do you tongue kiss? Aim for that. It's like a punching bag. Just go punch it with your tongue. But yeah, the cops show up. Because, oh yeah, Brandon's car was stolen by Ginger, and they never let Brandon know that they got the car and it's all fine. Which, I think, <laughs> it like took me a minute in this scene, because Dylan gets so mad at Steve. He's like, you never called Brandon to tell him that we found the car? And I was like, you also had him calling everyone in town, including his mother, to find Burt Reynolds. Exactly. Like, do not leave Steve in charge of this many things. Right, right. He, clearly, he needs deadlines. He He's the kind of guy that he, he can be in charge of stuff. He just needs deadlines and, like, clear instruction. He's not a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of guy because then he'll just go in 40,000 different directions. No. And, I mean, <laughs> they go to the police department, and he calls Brandon, and he's just like, you're my one phone call. <laughs> can you Can you fix this? Mm-hmm. And they, they get out of, you know, the police department and they have this whole moment where they're like, we've come so far. We have to keep going. We can find Burt Reynolds. And Dylan's even just like, bro, you have detention. 
Like mm-hmm. you have to get back or you'll get expelled. And then they don't say it at this point, but very clearly like we know what's about to happen here. Yeah. Yeah, because then we get a scene or like a shot of just hands in detention, just like the substitute calling out names and you get a hand and then you get to Steve Sanders and you see a hand and it's clearly not Steve's hand. And then Dylan has to say here and you show it's Dylan and he sits in for him so Steve can go find Burt Reynolds. What is this episode? I know. I wrote, (laughs) do they like each other or not? What is happening? But it doesn't matter because now that he's in detention and Steve is off looking for Burt Reynolds again, this is when we go back to Magic Mountain and they're like looking at the roller coaster and Andrea decides that she wants to go get a soda. So she walks away and then somebody comes over and just like grabs Donna's purse and truly – the greatest moment of television history happens right here where we get to see the no, no, no in action. She literally does the exact train. Like the continuity here was beautiful. <laughs> so perfect. And my favorite part is that she's just like, that's my purse. He's like, give me your purse. She's no. And then as soon as she like finishes the whole sequence, two people come out of nowhere and just tackle the guy and are like, we saw the whole thing. Like, like no you didn't no you didn't (laughs) and then she goes get him out of here before he makes my day (laughs) donna martin is everything (laughs) donna martin for president yeah it was amazing everything about it i don't even mind that brenda takes credit for it (laughs) because it was just amazing well but technically donna gave her credit True, true, true. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, my God, this was so good. And then she was like, well, I wouldn't have known it if Brenda hadn't made me take classes. And, yeah, literally Brenda's just like, yeah, and then walks away. Yeah, she's like, hair flip, bye. That was me. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you think Jason Priestley was just, like, over Shannon at this point and was just like, you don't get lines? He had to have been because she literally, I think, had – two or no okay she had like the two lines about dylan and the sats in the beginning and then she maybe had one line when they were all upset about the the rides or the day's not going great and then the one line the credit for the thing so she had like four lines (laughs) (laughs) she didn't do anything nope it's fine she wasn't needed at least they didn't try to like insert her where she wasn't really needed yeah and i mean Really, the last thing that happens at Magic Mountain is that they go to leave and Mr. Myers is too close to everyone. Mm-hmm. But before they leave, Andrea's like, well, there's one thing left we have to do. And they pause the entire senior skip day so that Andrea can get on a roller coaster. But, like, I needed that for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That journey was a good ending for her. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I just love that they, like, literally just, you know. Put a little GoPro on there and we're like, just scream. Mm-hmm. Just scream. And thus ends Magic Mountain. Yeah. Thus ends Senior Skip Day. Before, like, the actual end of the episode. So Ginger has already told Dylan that her name is Tina and she's from Oshkosh. Now she's telling Steve that her name is Adrian and she's from Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And she has $2,500. They should go to Vegas. She knows people. And he's just like why didn't you pay your bill if you have $2,500? And then she's just mm-hmm. like, shit, you're not <laughs> as stupid as I thought you were. Yep. 
then we go back to the peach pit at some point, and as Ginger, Tina, Adrian, Marla, apparently, which we learned this not right at this moment, but she's apologizing, talking to the group, Burt Reynolds actually shows up, which <laughs> I remember seeing special guest star in the beginning, Burt Reynolds, but in this moment, and I'm ashamed to say it because it shows my age more so than my grasp on cultural history, but pop culture, he looked more like the guy in SNL who plays <laughs> Burt Reynolds than he did Burt Reynolds to me. Oh my God. I love that it like took a minute for everyone to notice. Like they, they did the whole pan up, he takes mm -hmm. his sunglasses off, Ginger Tina Adrian is standing there like, I'm so sorry that everything hasn't really worked out for you. And these people have spent all day at the peach pit. That is all they have done yeah. with a teenager. Like, it's mm -hmm. not even like Nat is there. It's just Brandon. Mm -hmm. And she's like, and Bert. And then they're like, oh, hey, Bert's here. And she's like, he's here. How about that? And I really wish that he had just, like, shown up for a burger and was just like, I really got to stop walking into restaurants. Yeah, or like, I just wish he would have walked right out. <laughs> like, seeing this crowd is like, oh, bad time to come here. And then just leave. I do Funny love that he like goes to sit down and he's like, Steve, you're in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, your mother called me. You're so lucky. Yeah. And then he just like, oh, Heidi, I love Heidi. Scribble, 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 scribble. Yeah, and then, like, everything works out in the end, and, you know, Burt Reynolds is taking the Burt Reynolds fan club to watch a private viewing of something and mm -hmm. whatever, and they're all just, like, sitting there. <laughs> I love uh, – I don't remember exactly the words, but Donna and Andrea are just like, oh, yeah, it's just like dot, 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 and David's like, just like what? And Donna's just like, oh, honey. Go put some money in the jukebox. <laughs> it was very like women are talking. Yes, 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 yes. Like Leave. very much like the adults are having a conversation here, boy. <laughs> yeah. And then like some man sh walks in and Marla, Gina, Ginger, Tina, Adrian, Marla, who is still there for some <laughs> unknown reason. This guy walks in and she's just like, I have to pee. And then, you know, he comes over and we find out that her boss is totally real. Mm -hmm. And they're, the boys are just like, I think Brandon even says like, boys. And they go, and like, it was the cheesiest ending. But I love when they just like stick their little heads over on the corner. That's and my like, directorial favorite moment. <laughs> I love I love they're like, Ginger, Tina, Adrian, Marla. It was, it was adorable. It was so cute. And then the guy comes out and he's like, my name's Marty. What do you want? Yeah. And then the last shot that we see is just pans over to the open window, which no person could fit through that, but it doesn't matter. And you hear a car gunning off in the distance. So, okay. When you hear the car, I swear to God, you could even hear it like shift a gear too. And then they were just like, they both turned to Steve and they're like, your keys. And I was like, mm -hmm. no, no. No, no, Villains. the the Porsche is a stick. I mean, the vet mm -hmm. might be a stick, but I don't think it is. I know the Porsche is a stick. Well, and we know what the cor like the Corvette has a different sound to it than the Porsche. Well, so. and Dylan already couldn't find his keys, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I am just 
like I'm sitting here being like, I need to watch the next episode because I need to see if they all have their cars. Mm -hmm. And if they all have their cars, I need to know whose car she stole. Yeah. But that's the end of the episode. And boy, what a trip that was. It, uh, certainly one of the more unique ones. I, I, I would put this one, like, around the same, like, vein as the, uh, what you call it, the It's a Wonderful Life episode, just because it was, it just felt so weird. It was so weird. I feel like, you know, and it's got to be because this is a soap opera, there is no middle ground. You either have, like, you know, someone gets held at gunpoint or, like, eating disorder, gambling addiction, you know, alcoholism, some of that, or you get, like, three boys are bored in an afternoon and hire a stripper. You have two, like, wide differences. Like, there, <laughs> there is no middle. I don't remember there really being too many middles. Like, probably because those episodes were just like, that's fine. The plot advanced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's honestly probably the ones that we grade well but don't remember well, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because, to your point, it's like it probably moves the plot along. It does what it needs to do. There just wasn't anything that really stuck out, which is fine, but then you don't get these wonderful moments like the bacteria. Well, and like, I don't think anything in this episode means anything. No. We find out that Dylan is going to take his SATs again, but he, you know, technically hasn't yet, and he barely Mm -hmm. got to study. He even makes a comment of like, yeah, being in detention was fine because I finally got to study. Mm -hmm. But like, other than that... This was just an episode because they had 30. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm Agreed. not mad about it. I'm really no. not mad about it. But I was just like, this episode could not exist and no one would miss it. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of did two different grades. Like one for Jason Priestley's directorial debut because I didn't want to put the whole episode on him. <laughs> But I gave him a B plus because basically, okay. like, I really liked those, like, I really liked that last scene. I liked the other scene and then didn't at all like that one scene. But then the rest of it was pretty um, just not memorable. And I mean that in a good way. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It did what it needed to do. So, yeah, I mean, I I just gave it the one grade for the entire Mm-hmm. episode and I did give it a B but instead of being like B for some I did B for something but instead of B for Brandon or whatever I did B for just cheesy mm. it was just so cheesy it was the most ridiculous thing but like that doesn't it didn't do bad no. it just it just was yeah the whole episode for me was a B minus for Burt Reynolds um well that would have been good just because also, like, Burt Reynolds, like, I know he was, like, super popular in the 90s and 80s and pretty much all around those, like, three decades. But, like, this episode means nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Burt Reynolds, bacteria? Like, what was this episode? <laughs> it was just an episode like truly i think they were like we have 30 episodes we have nothing to do jason Priestley wants to direct let's give him one to direct mm-hmm. and i don't know somebody 
take some mushrooms and write an episode. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously, I swear, somebody, like, smoked some pot and then was, like, rinsing their mouth out at the end of the night and was like, what if the bacteria in my mouth was Dylan? <laughs> Have you ever, like, felt like the plaque was just, like, sweeping your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, you take the mouthwash and just, like, all washes away. But what if you, like, rinse your mouth and then some of it gets stuck on that thing in the back of your throat? What is yeah, that it's thing like called? That, it's like that punching bag thing. It's right like that there. skin that dangles down. <laughs> it's, like, really useless, right? <laughs> what do you do? And then you got to floss. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't get to that thing. No. And then what? You just you just eat the bacteria? The thing yeah. that bothered me the most about that scene is that when they were spraying the mouthwash in, they didn't spray it on the teeth where the plaque was. They just sprayed the bacteria. <laughs> I know. It was just like, just go in the mouth. Right in the mouth. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It felt like they caught all of these extras off guard and were just like, hose them. And then <laughs> yeah. They're all like scrambling to get out of the mouth. Yep. It was nothing. That's hilarious. I really want that commercial. Uh, yeah, what was that for? Was it for like bacteria? Was, was it for mouthwash? Was it well, for floss? It has Going to, to the be dentist? It has to be for a movie because they mentioned that Burt Reynolds is filming a movie. Right. But like what? Maybe it was for um What was that movie? The Human Centipede? Don't you dare. Like <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't you dare. <laughs> it made me think of um um oh gosh osmosis jones do you remember that one yes where it was a cartoon inside of uh bill murray and then i swear there's a part of that movie where like i don't know he has to burp or something so like it comes up through his mouth and you just see bill murray's mouth and wasn't like the sidekick like a healer or something he was like the it medicine. was a pill yeah <laughs> Yes, I remember, and I remember loving that show, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. I feel like if I watched it now, it'd be terrible. Oh, There's probably. an anime on Netflix that got put up recently called Cells at Work, and it is fucking hilarious. It is like Osmosis Jones, but an anime? <laughs> Do they have the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell? I don't think I met them when I was watching it, but... <laughs> Like, it follows um, this red blood cell around as she, like, delivers <laughs> nutrients in different places. And then, like, each episode is based on, like, something else that can go wrong in your body, I guess. Oh my That's God. amazing. And there's a white blood cell who's just, like, super fucking intense. And it's, <laughs> it's really funny. I like it. I have That's an hilarious. update. Osmosis Jones has a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not terrible. Not great, but not I mean, terrible. The Morning Show, which I thought was a phenomenal show, only got a 60%. So, and it's going to win all sorts of Emmys. Osmosis Jones is <laughs> nipping on its heels. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe this. I cannot believe I remember this movie. That doesn't matter. Because what matters is next week's episode. Yeah, we are inching ever so closer ever so closely we're we're very close <laughs> <laughs> to the season finale to episode number 30 uh not there quite yet but we are going to be on ep season three episode 27 
A night to remember. Which is prom, right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, and Lord knows what's going to happen. Senior prom. Junior prom was pretty dramatic, so. <laughs> this time, everyone has sex. Probably. Uh, yeah. No, they're not going to do a sex episode again. They're actually we'll probably going to do, like, out. the opposite of sex. This is going to be I mean, the time it... that Kelly tells Dylan they're never having sex again. Oh, could be. You know, uh-huh. I could could see this being a drug-heavy one. I feel like we haven't had, like, hard drugs since euphoria well until then you can follow us on twitter and instagram at back to podcast and as always you can send us your thoughts your comments your questions your behind the scenes stuff or if you just want to say hi in the form of an email you can do so at back to podcast at gmail.com that's b-a-c-k-t-o podcast at gmail.com and don't forget you can like subscribe share you know leave us a review five stars please but you know do be honest and you know all that stuff in itunes that really helps us to be seen out in the world and helps us find more listeners yeah and if you do leave us a review on itunes or you know a dm an email i don't care what it is if you leave us some sort of something we will shout you out on the show um, give you a little shout out for you know thanking us or thanking you for listening to us and engaging with us. We love that kind of stuff. So if you feel so inclined, please do so. We do actually have a shout out on Twitter. Somebody tweeted at us. Um, so what is it? Yeah. So uh, Kimmy Lizzie, our current favorite fact checker. Yes. She told us that when Scott died, Kelly did miss the funeral because she was quote unquote sick. And I actually, she prompted me to look this up. I think in that episode, I think her actual phrasing was like, I feel like I'm getting the flu or something. Huh. So yeah, she just like didn't show up. So yeah, Lizzie says, I think she's just someone who has a hard time at funerals, but she could also be worse off this time because of her lack of food, which I mean, I completely agree with. Both very valid points. I mean, definitely people are out there that just can't handle funerals. It's just... It's a very hard thing and very stressful and, and, and traumatic thing. So, yeah, I mean, but then also exacerbated by her lack of food. So, mm-hmm. nice. Nice insight, Kimmy Lizzie. I know. I love that, like, people are just like, you're so, you're so close. I'm just going to, like, <laughs> help you out with this answer you didn't look up. I appreciate it so much. I know. That, that helps. It really does. Well, until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.